been seen with fair up. I've never. have a problem if no one else can help and if you can find them maybe you can hire the a-team schlock boob tube welcome everybody to episode 43 of schlock or not where we watch and discuss all types of tv shows to include those classic 80s staples featuring crime fighters who have a special relationship with their souped up talking cars you can check out c52.com for previous episodes and links to support the podcast I'm Doc. I'm joined by my backseat driver, Steve, and now on to the show. What's going on, man? Nothing, dude. I am so happy to be talking with you today because of the crappy weekend we had and all that you've been going through. I think we really need this. I could not wait to get on the mic today. Absolutely. Well, you want to tell us about your news? Yeah, part not part of the crappy weekend, crappy weekend aside, which included my air conditioner going out twice, both units, uh, mm-hmm. but Lynn finally had the baby. Yay, congratulations, Without man. my help. Without my help at all. <laughs> you just sat there and did I nothing? I sat there, yeah. And he's been... What, su- did you do like the old TV shows where you sat nervously waiting in the uh, in the waiting room? Yeah, where smoking, we Smoking like three packs of cigarettes and uh, pacing back and forth? Yep. Totally cigaretted up in there, dude. Chain smoking it up. Vaping. Vaping in the <laughs> yeah, uh, vaping yeah. room. <laughs> nah, man, it was cool. And the, the baby's been super mellow. He's not even a week... I think he might be about a week old now. Um, and he hasn't had any tantrums yet. Or he hasn't... He's not really a vocal. He's pretty chill. So I told Lynn, if he's going to have a tantrum, it's going to be definitely the first time we record after he's born, because that's, that's how it works. Get him on the mic, man. I Preserve said, bring him pos- down. Posterity. R- run right? him down here and get him on the mic, because I figure if, if I'm looking forward to it, like if I say, hey, babe, if he cries, bring him down here, it'll be so cool, he will never cry. But if I'm it'll, like- It won't happen, yeah. Yeah, if I say, keep him quiet, I don't want him to ruin the show, he'll definitely cry. Well, I want to hear it, because I've only heard him, heard him like cooing and cawing on your lap. While you're on the phone with me and whatnot, so yeah, he's cool, man. He's been real mellow. Cross my fingers. Well, so there far. you go. You just jinxed yourself. So yeah, I know totally. Colic is going to set in. Uh, we had a terrible weekend, by the way, because uh, George A. Romero and Martin Landau both passed away this weekend. Yeah, such a bummer, man. Terrible news, man. I just so everybody kept asking, like, I wonder who the third one is. I'm like, can it just be somebody from like? Um, I don't know, like a soap opera or something. Yeah, like you don't, you don't, don't care about. you don't want to wish it on anybody, but right. you know, there's certain people that um, definitely uh, contribute more than others to society, right? Right. So, yeah, sad news, man. Yeah, that's a bummer. But anyway, just so everybody knows, today we're talking about Knight Rider, season four, episode twenty-two, entitled "Voodoo Night." Right, and this is the very last uh, aired Knight Rider. So th- this was not only the season finale, but this was the show finale. It aired on April 4th of 1986. Uh, just so everybody knows, I viewed mine on NBC.com, uh, which I, I got to tell you, man, I was really um, amazed by their little throwback section. It had a lot of really neat titles on there. Yeah, I've never used NBC.com before. Knight Rider used to be streaming on Netflix. Uh, a bunch of good ones, man. Buck Rogers was streaming. There was so much good stuff, and it's all gone now. But luckily, NBC.com, you can, it does have commercials, but you know, hey, it's free, and it's a good quality, uh, so you can catch it there. Dude, they got amazing stories, Miami Vice, Charles in Charge, all sorts of neat stuff. So Worth checking out. Absolutely. Ready to get to it? Let's do it. Okay, I'm going to give a fake sponsor here. No, Doc Talk. Oh, really? Oh, come on. Come on. Okay. All right, so I'm going to try and do this really quickly because this episode is chock-filled with badass actors, man. I mean, stuffed to the gills. 
So you ready? I'm yep. going to try and burn through this. Okay. Okay. Uh, so it's directed by George Noe Finity. He was a veteran TV director. Uh, he teamed up again with the Hoff on Baywatch. Life goes on. He did. I'm a huge Corky fan, by the way. Nice. Um, the Fall Guy. We're going to hit one of those someday, I'm sure. Yes. Uh, BG and the Bear. Um, huge resume. Sadly passed away in 2008. Uh, starring David Hasselhoff as Michael Knight. Everybody knows him. The Germans absolutely adore him. Uh, did you know he was six foot four and a half? Yeah, big dude. Totally. Huge dude. Was in a movie called Star Crash, which I've never yes. seen, but I've heard. Yes, I love You've it. You've seen it, right? Oh, yeah. It was on Netflix as well, and uh, I I think I begged you guys to watch it, and they took it off before you could even get to it. It was My, my dad watched it with me. We were laughing the whole time. I'm going to find it. Also in that movie, uh, he co-starred with Carolyn Monroe, who's a genre queen from a movie, I don't know if you've ever seen it, Maniac? No, I've seen the cover. I've never watched the movie. The cover's fantastic. Yeah. Um, great movie, Tom Savini special effects. Um, he al- she also did a movie called The Abominable Dr. Phoebes with Vincent Price. Nope. Okay. Uh, she was on the Love Boat. Of freaking of course. Of course. Of course. Um, Dodgeball. Uh, he was. Or I'm sorry. He was on Love Boat. Uh, Dodgeball and some Anaconda sequel, and uh, he even did Command and Conquer, a, a PC game. I'm sure you've played that, right? Voice work. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Kung Fury, yeah. which is a favorite of ours. And recently, Sharknado 4. I would be willing to bet that it. I'd say no less than four of the people in this this episode alone have been on Love Boat. Absolutely, right? dude. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Edward Mulhair, who plays Devin uh, Miles, we sadly lost him in 1997. He is a stage film and TV staple. He was in Our Man Flint, a Gidget TV movie, Battlestar Galactica, which this episode has a lot of Battlestar Galactica um, Seven Degrees of Separation. A lot of people connect back with that show, well, including I mean, the car the, itself. The, yeah, with the Cylon. Yep. Yeah, I mean, they they modeled the front of the car after the Cylon, and even the sound is a modified version of the Cylon sound. Like, it's straight from yep. BSG. Well, the creator of the show, Glenn Larson, was a creator of um, Battlestar Galactica. He passed away in 2014. We talked about him before. He did Magnum PI, uh, Battlestar Galactica, Fall Guy. He's just a TV legend, man. He's done yeah. a ton of stuff. Totally. Should be super impressed, man. So, uh, did you know who Max was in the TV show, in this episode? Max? Max was one of the big goons that Harana controlled. Is that... Uh, the skinnier of the it, two? That's the taller? Yes. No, I, is, I, the shorter one I know from everything. The taller one I couldn't place. Uh, that, that gentleman's name is Dick Durock. Okay. And he is the good old Swamp Thing. Oh, no shit. Yep. Nice. Uh, he is a stuntman and actor. He started acting on Star Trek in 1968. Jesus. He was in Any Which Way You Can, Airwolf, A-Team. Um, his last credit was in 1998, so he had 30 movies or thirty years in movies and film, man. Great. Um, also, he did stunts in Monster Squad, Die Hard with a Vengeance, Remote Control, and on and on and on and yeah, on. That's on. Great, Dude, man. Passed away, sadly, in 2009, man. Bummer. So, um, Rosalind Cash played Hirana. Yep. Um, she started her work in, I believe, 63 with General Hospital. She did the Omega Man. Yeah, that's what um, I knew her from, Omega Man. Yeah, and I think uh, uh, Aaron just told us about that one. Yeah, which super cool. Dude, it's a sci-fi movie, so I'm just now starting to cut my teeth into that. So I'm going to start getting into that. What's happening? Yeah. Uh, Policewoman, Barney Miller, um, The Cosby Show, Highway to Heaven, From a Whisper to a Scream, a.k.a. The Offspring. Um, Death Spa, and this one here I thought was kind of neat, Tales from the Hood. Nice. Yep. 
So she's got an interesting career herself, man. Um, let's see. Henry Gibson, who plays the he's a creepy guy who plays Donald Crane. Weird looking fella, man. Just a strange looking dude. Like he's little, done everything. Little fella, too, a tiny fella. Yeah, dude, he had a like a huge southern accent in this episode. And um he was born in Pennsylvania. Yeah, he's kind of a southern dandy, I would say, in this one. Yeah, I was talking about Blanche Duvet yeah. and whatnot. And he was uh, um I, I knew him from the Burbs was kind of what I recognized him from. Dude, yeah, I mean, he's a, he's he's the type of guy that has comforted me throughout my my life and creeped me out because wasn't he kind of creepy in the in the burbs? Completely, if I remember oh, yeah. correctly. Yeah, definitely. But um, he was the voice of Wilbur yes, from Charlotte's the Web, original Charlotte's Web. Yeah, that's that was the second thing I noticed from him. Yeah, he was the Nazi in the Blues Brothers movie. Um, he his last his first credit was in 1963, like Rosalind Cash. Um, and was still at it up until about 2008. Unfortunately, he died in 2009, so he worked almost right up to the point where he passed away. Right. Uh, Christy Hauser, who played Elizabeth Wesley, um, she's done a ton of TV and video games. She was in Fame and Kingdom Hearts 2, the video game. Yep. Uh, John freaking Vernon, dude. Yeah. Claude Watkins. It's great, dude. Canadian-born actor. Um, literally has a metric shit ton of genre stuff, man. Uh, Animal House, The Outlaw Josie Wales, 1966 Iron Man TV series. He played Tony Stark. Did you you ever heard of that? No, never. I had never heard of that in my entire life. Uh, he did Heavy Metal and Killer Clowns from Outer Space, which is a, a Doc family uh, treasure. Well, for me, he's uh, the mayor from Dirty Harry. That's the first thing I think of when I see him. Yeah, that's true. And then the Dean yep. from Animal House is probably where most people would recognize him, I, I guess, his most famous role. That, that scene where he's the uh, puppet. With the killer clown yes. where he's got his rosy cheeks <laughs> yeah, and stuff dude. painted. I yeah. love that. Yeah. And then um, Alan Graff. That's my boy right there. I love that okay. guy. Okay, Expl- explain to me what you enjoy about him so much. Uh, the dead eyes, the cool mustache. Uh, he's he's more of a stuntman than an actor. I, I think he has more stuntman credits. Uh, let me look. Yes. yes. He has 146 stuntman credits and another 103 acting credits, dude. Yeah, dude. Not only that. Still getting him. He still has stuff going today. Yeah. He's still acting. Not only acting, Dude, he's still doing stuntman work today. There was a scene where he got thrown in this episode, and I cringed like, oh, that yeah, had man. to hurt. He rules, man. That guy rules in everything. You'd know him when you see him. You wouldn't know his name probably. You see him, you'd say, yeah, I've seen him in everything. I agree, man. Awesome guy. So um, let's see who else we got. Peter Peros, who played RC3. Dude, for some reason, I didn't remember him from the show at all. Was he a, a later addition? Yeah. He's a season four, and when we get to uh, the point, uh, the part of the show where he pops up, I'll give you a little more on him, but he was a season four. I think they brought him in, I mean, to, to put it bluntly, I think they brought him in to try to get more of black audience. Okay, I'm fine with that. Yep. Yeah, good. He came, he came um, in, he was like a, uh, a vigilante uh, turned turned partner slash mechanic. Was he, was he like part of the gang that helped that change Kit, kid, I, I that rebuilt kid or something? I don't know if he was part of that gang. I, I do remember though he was, no, I think he was like a crime fighter that um, Michael runs into thinking he's a criminal and they end up partnering up because it turns out he's more of a vigilante than a, than a criminal is what I they, remember. They underused him a lot in this television show because he's like, I'm going to go help him. I'm not going to sit in here and and wait for bad shit to happen. And then when he gets there, he's like, I'm just going to leave my bike here and hop in the car. Yeah. And, and to be honest, man, I totally forgot he was in the show too. But the minute I saw him, I, I it brought back all the memories of him being there. I have not seen any episodes of this television show since I was a child. Right. Yeah, it's At been all. Forever, I've never revisited it. Um, fond memories of it. Uh, I see even from time to time here in Vegas, you'll see a kit car with the lights and everything drive, drive around town. Yep. 
super cool. But I had forgotten um, about him too. I'm I'm with you. The minute I saw him, I was like, oh, because they did that on A Team too. They brought in a um, a Mexican dude. I think they called him Frankie Santana. They brought him in in the last season of A Team. Okay. And I think they were trying to get like a a younger, maybe the Hispanic crowd too, but they were trying to get maybe a, a younger blood in with the A Team. And uh, sometimes you know that doesn't work. I would say most of the time that doesn't work. But I I actually thought RC was pretty cool. I liked him in this. Well, isn't it true too that they rebuilt the car just to bring in a to freshen the show up a little bit. Yeah, That's you know, when they had the gang rebuild them with super turbo or pursuit mode. Super and, pursuit mode, and, yeah. Yeah. Do you know so, who rebuilt him? Do you know the, the guy? I remember reading some about it, but I didn't take that note. Uh, it's George Barris, the guy that did the Batmobile, that created the original Batmobile. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah, he built You can the super see just mode. a little bit of that, I would say, in, in the design, right? Yeah, uh, unnecessary fins everywhere. Yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> just like the Batmobile. That's called flair. Right. I guess. It's like a Applebee's uh, server's lanyard so gotta look cool yep um peter peros also uh, is still acting today had a great career got a start on facts of life in 1984 so good on him yeah, sir good man um that's all i got for that and that's enough man this i mean for such a a small uh this is a, an episode with not that many actors in it. I'd say 10 actors. Like eight of them are big well-known people that dude every single everything. person in this production I mean, dude, like, you know, like in most jobs you have seniority and stuff like that. Like, who is the the head honcho out of the acting um, cast on this one that had the most seniority? Like, who was running things? Like, yeah. you can't tell me how to act. I've been doing this since 1963. Yeah, it's just a, a, a cavalcade of people that have been doing everything forever. It's crazy. Yes. Yeah. Seasoned right. veterans. Is that all you got? You want to do your, uh, you want to do fake sponsors? You go. Okay. My fake sponsor is 80s men's earrings turning good boys into bad boys for a whole decade. Oh, man. We've talked we about talked that about before, those right? earrings, man. <laughs> yeah. You see the dangly ones across the street. And apparently just around. the hoops will do it, man. So any earrings on a dude in the 80s is what it is. Okay, mine is um, wondering what the future holds in store for you. Uh, is your love life in the toilet? Do you want to be successful in your career? Well, that's great because all of us had these problems. So just man up and do it. <laughs> just be a person. <laughs> Rana can't, can't fix that. So it's called life. Deal with these it. old schlockenot boys are going to be diving deep into a pond here in Hazard County. This show is going to be spoiled worse than the eggs in Uncle Jesse's sack. All right. So just like I think every other boob tube episode we've done, this show has the preview of the wackiness that's ready to assault your prepubescent eyes with joy. I mean, not only wackiness, spoilers. It, it basically gives you <laughs> it shows everything. everything, right? And we've talked about it on the other boob tubes, but in case you're a new viewer, my take on that is, or a new listener, my take on that is they needed to keep you there. They needed to show you enough that you wouldn't change the channel. Because if you got off your butt and changed the TV channel, you weren't going to go back and change right. it again. So they, right in the beginning, they're going to show you that some of the coolest parts of the show, which to me kind of spoils it, but it, it's supposed to keep you in the chair is my guess. Right. So then you cut quickly to the intro, which by today's standards is exceptionally long. Oh, it's it, a long intro, it's, man. It's, it's very long. And I'll tell you what, I took a cut of it because I couldn't do a Knight Rider show without playing the Knight Rider theme song. I mean, that, that would be dumb. Sacrilegious. Sacrilegious. Yeah. But I, I edited it. So you might hear the edit in there, but it went so long that I actually cut some of it out just to make it, uh, you know, so it didn't go so long. But here it is. Knight Rider. A shadowy flight into the dangerous world of a man who does not exist. 
Michael Knight, a young loner on a crusade to champion the cause of the innocent, the helpless, the powerless, in a world of criminals who operate above the law. And by that means, uh, by that he means that Michael Knight just drives around and kid all night, waiting for a crime to happen. Pretty so much. You can yeah. And this is, since this is season four, you got a shot of the uh, Super Pursuit Mode kit with all the flair on it. And I had completely forgot about Super Pursuit Mode, completely, until I saw the intro. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember all that happened. That's crazy. They said that the, the car could actually not move while that was happening. The Super pr- Pursuit Mode, um, with all the hydraulics and stuff that w- were needed to work, it was in a stationary car. So they would show that, and then the, the props would be put on the real car, and it would move. Yeah, But it re- couldn't operate and do that at the same time i did i read a piece too that said that super pursuit mode was uh mostly put in to uh, advertise pontiac's convertible model of that car <laughs> because it was also convertible when it wasn't in super didn't pursuit they say mode. like once the show came out there were like numerous special orders for that particular car even with the cylon light and everything from pontiac yeah, totally dude that's great yeah. so um did you know the narrator of that segment there is richard basehart who portrayed Wilton Knight in the very first episode of Knight Rider. No, I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah. So, um, as you could surmise from what we talked about earlier, his credits span decades, but Knight Rider was actually his final acting role. Hmm. He'd done four decades of TV. Jeez, man. <laughs> could you imagine? I wonder how many years, just this small cast of this episode, how many years of acting and stuntman experience combined is hundreds, hundreds of years. Thousands. Yeah, it's crazy, man. So, then... On NBC.com, I got a quick commercial break, yeah. which I didn't appreciate, especially when I broke this up into two watchings because I was busy this week. So like to cut back to the scene where I left off from, I had to go through the commercials at the beginning of the, the episode and then cut to the second half, and then I got more commercials. I think I went through like 10 minutes of commercials just to get back to the show again. Yeah, and it wasn't a quick 30-minute spot. It was like 120 seconds. It would. It's pretty much what you'd see on on regular TV. Um, I mean, again, I, I get it. It's they were NBC. long commercial yeah. breaks, You're man. getting it for free, and that's what you're going to see if you saw it on TV right now even. But I get what they're doing. But when you're used to Netflix or the commercial YouTube, is Hulu, where you can just skip right, it. That it is a bummer to have to sit through that. So we're back to the show, and the Hoff is cruising the streets, and that was some really stock ass rock music, dude. That was the fakest, hot blooded. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I got it, dude. I took a piece of it. So think hot blooded when you hear this. Ready? Cowbell, cowbell. Totally. You right. know what though? Um, he is dealing with some pretty emotional stuff right now. He wants to go back to Lorenzo's. What was that store called? It was like Lorenzo's, Lorenzo's Men's Boutique. Boutique for Men. Yeah, something like that. To grab that eelskin bomber jacket. Yeah, eelskin bomber, dude. <laughs> A bomber jacket. Me, that is the least manly sounding business I have ever heard. And I shop at Lush, for God's sake. <laughs> Would you rather go to Lush as a man or to. Lorenzo's Boutique for Men. I've been uh, leather pants shopping with Javier at the Boulevard Mall before, so I've, I've been at the <laughs> bottom of that barrel before. <laughs> Dude, we went in there, and I can't remember the name of the place, and Hav is pretty eccentric. If any of you guys know Hav, he dresses different. He act, you know, he doesn't have a cell phone. He does his own thing, man. 
He's the Kramer. A, a, a worldly traveler. Yes, he's the Kramer of the group, for sure. And uh, he goes in one day, and he's trying to get these leather pants because he thought they were going to look cool. And he's got these two guys that are helping him who are obviously hitting on him. And Javier is completely oblivious to when dudes are hitting on him, which happens quite a, quite a bit with Javier. He's a handsome fella, man. Yeah. It, he wears really tight pants all the time. That's kind of his thing. So Like nice loafers showing yeah. off those uh, succulent ankles. Yeah, yeah, right? Nice <laughs> so he's in there, and these dudes are hitting on him blatantly hitting on him to the point where I was I was kind of embarrassed. You were um, blushing? Yeah, I was embarrassed for him because he would come out of the dressing room with the pants on and he'd look in the in the mirror and he'd turn and the guys would like get down and start rubbing his hips and like, oh yeah, these are formed perfect. And they, they'd like touch his thighs, like like <laughs> rub the leather down on his thighs and they're totally manhandling him. And uh, I was embarrassed and I told him afterward, like never, dude, never again bring me in that shop. That was one of the most embarrassing <laughs> things I've, to see him being Why? fondled. Why? It happen to you. Who cares? Well, there's a, I was a little bit miffed because, like, dude, I was with him. Like, you'd think that, like, he might have been my boyfriend and it's still cool to hit on him like that in front of me? Like, no respect for me, maybe? Yeah, I could see that. Or mostly it was just because he was so oblivious to the dudes hitting on him. It was so bad, dude. So, I mean, at, at, after you told him, was he, was he, um, uh, Angry about no, it? No, no, no. Or he, was he flattered? You know what? He does the same thing every time. This has happened every every time. He's like, no, no, dude. I'm like, yeah, dude, totally, bro. Totally. Hey, dude, Steve, it's bad. He knows. He knows. I don't know, man. I got a, another time he was trying to sell a car to some guy. The dude was basically asking him on a date, asking him what nights he was off, uh, what time he got off, where he worked. And uh, I mean, blatant, pretty blatant hitting on him. And uh, Hoff just never picked up on it completely. Oh, I'm off tomorrow at 10. Yeah. He's just <laughs> completely oblivious, man. <laughs> That's uh, that's what happens when you uh, march to the beat of your own drum, that's dude. Right, Just man. do your own thing, man. Yeah. Worry Hob, about Hob wouldn't care to begin with. I'm not. I'm not. It's oh, not. Oh yeah, I know that. Negative. Hob is super cool. He likes everybody, and so do I. I don't give a shit either. It's just being in the situation and seeing you were him. Jealous. You were know? jealous. Yeah, I was jealous. That's <laughs> you were jealous. You weren't getting hit on. <laughs> yeah, they did not look at me once, bro. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no one cared about my crotch at all in that place. <laughs> My inseam was not getting checked. Uh, nothing, dude. <laughs> oh, poor bad. Steve. Yeah, I know. Poor Steve. We'll make that happen for yeah. you next time. So go, going back to the show, cutting back to the show, um, I got to say that I always felt, and even in this scene here, that Michael and Kit always had a good chemistry. Like, they were buddies. It wasn't like the dude talking to... Uh, you know, a car. It was actually a computer. It was yeah, a partner. It was, it was his partner, and they had a good rapport. I thought. I thought they did a, a good thing too by giving him somewhat of a little bit of a personality. So it's not just like you know, talking to a database. No, that was based on the. Uh, that was by request from the guy that did Kit's voice. Originally, it was going to be a straight like, "I am not programmed to love." Beep boop. Yeah. Pop, burp. Yeah, and that guy was the one that pushed for it and said, "No, I want to give him some emotion." Uh, you know, I want I want to make him a, uh, an actual personality. So uh, good for him, man. Because I thought yeah, that dude. that really made the show. Actually, that car can do everything. Everything. Yep. Am I right? Yep. Like Kit, have my burrito ready when I get home. Kit could do any dude. Kit could tell the heart rate of a fly seven miles away. It, <laughs> it didn't matter. Kit, I need you to find out where um, the local Philharmonic Orchestra is playing and grab me tickets for that show. Um, next week. Yeah, anal- analyze this earring with your super analyzer. And Kit would do things even in this episode where he'd say, like, um, I sensed that the, the mood was hostile in that party. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> really? <laughs> Michael, your heart rate is falling dangerously low. You may want to breathe. So it's basically like your eye, eye, eye watch, right? Right. 
because your eye watch is telling you to breathe and stand up. <laughs> but so, you could tell anything, like how many people were in the room, how many people when were, those earrings got when activated, they were activated. You name it, Kit could. I mean, the only thing Kit couldn't do is um, important stuff like, "Hey, that dude's right behind you, and he's about to knock you out." Mm-hmm. He couldn't tell him stuff like that. But uh, yeah, it, Kit Kit was pretty uh, functional. They let Kit's sensors do pretty much anything. And and as a child, I did not care. I would completely let that go. We'll talk about some of that here in a little bit too. Okay. So uh, that's when we cut to a quick high-rise building. Looks like a suite of some sort. Three big fellows, which is um, Max Jarrett, and I believe the guy said Mr. Tars. No, I didn't. I don't know. He said Mr. Towers. Tar- Mr. Towers. That's what it, it was. was. Mr. Towers, but yeah. the the actor was terrible who was playing the security guard. So at first, in my notes, I had written down Mr. Tars because that's what he kept saying, Mr. Tars. You know I can't like, allow you access to the safe. Th- th- those are your rules. Yeah. So um, they they all three appear to be in a trance. The two um, goons uh, that we'll see throughout the rest of the episode, they're wearing like a black tuxedo. Um, the other guy's kind of got a business suit on. Um, and they're trying to get into the safe, which the night watchman unsuccessfully tries to stop. And that's when the swamp thing flings him up and into the rafters. <laughs> That was yeah. a great stunt, dude. It was, dude. And and I got to say, especially with these 80s shows that we've been watching lately, um, they do some of the coolest shit with tech for, like, safes and alarms and moving walls and panels. Uh, yeah. I, I am in love with everything they did back then in terms of Like he um, types in the tech. code and the wall slides up to reveal the safe. First it was, like, biometric. Like, you put his hand on it, it scans his palm. Yeah, and this is, what, 1980, what did I say, 86? 86, yeah. And then, then yeah. the whole, then the, the not only the picture moves, but then the whole wall moves. It's like a sliding section of the wall. And that stuff, I love it, dude. It makes me giddy to see the, that type of tech was amazing to me. Well, the bad news is Michael will not be able to go get his eel skin bomber jacket because Kit notifies him. That there's a silent alarm at Towers Gemstones Incorporated. <laughs> hey, a silent alarm that included a huge red flashing cherry like. Ha, 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 <laughs> you remember the you know the um the uh the what is it the sirens that the cops would put on top of their car for like the undercovers back in the in the, the 60s bubbles and 70s. or what they call yeah. them bubblegum machines or whatever because of like the shape. I thought it was a cherry. I thought they called it a cherry. Whatever it cherry was. Cherry top. He had one of those mounted like on the wall it, for the silent alarm. <laughs> Great. Because everybody in the office of the safe needs to be notified that the safe is being broken it's into ridiculous. with a visual cue. I loved it, dude. Ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, dude, forgive me if I'm wrong, but did he always patrol, just drive around patrolling the streets? You know, I did a little research on that because I couldn't I couldn't figure out, like, was he a... I know he wasn't a cop. It was like a... Um, somehow he still did law enforcement, and he wasn't against the law, like the A-team or anything. I guess it was just accepted that he was a uh, some type of standalone, independent crime fighter? Would that cause an issue that if he made entry into that building and then the cops showed up and he's the only one in there right, on right. the silent burglary alarm? Right. Like, hey, Michael, what, what are you doing? But I, I never remember him working against the police. He was always a staunch good guy. And I, I just I have trouble now as an adult thinking, like, what, what's your role, though? Like, what's your job? It's hard. Well, wouldn't he's like ex-special forces, too, from the military as well? Or like intelligence officer or something? Uh, I can't, I can't remember the, the backstory on that, man. I know he got hurt and then they, they gave him the new face and everything and they brought him in as, as law enforcement, but like what he, law enforcement? So his face was reconfigured to look like that? I think so. I think originally, I, even in the, tr- I'd have to go back and watch the pilot, but I think that might've been a different guy in the pilot before he was Michael Knight. 
So it wasn't David Hasselhoff. I I don't think so, but I'm not 100% sure on that. I think very in the very early pilot, it starts as another guy and then transforms into Hasselhoff. <laughs> I'd love to see. Yeah. Like, hey, this is a great show. Uh, bad news, fella. <laughs> We're going with somebody else. <laughs> no, no. It, I think that was part of the pilot. Like, he turns into Hasselhoff during the pilot. Like, that was part of oh, the Oh, okay. Thing. That's kind of cool. It, hey, uh, you're going to be the before of Knight Rider. Right, 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 right. Of this show that I'm sure everyone thought was going nowhere, so that guy could care less. Dude, I don't know, man. I mean, you pitch that show to me, and I'm like, yes. Yeah. And, and don't forget, man, Like, and we need to revisit this maybe in a year from now or something, but there was the, the Goliath-Garth episodes where it was evil Michael Knight's like twin clone brother with a goatee. Didn't he have an evil car? Car? Car. Yep. No, no, no. Yeah. That, that's not right. Car was a complete... Car was Kit's evil twin. That's but, what I said. No, no, no. Wasn't that the same episode, no, though? No, Garth drove goliath goliath was a ah. semi-truck so that was two separate evil twins you had a michael evil twin episode and you had a kit evil twin episode as well oh my god dude yeah. this is like scooby-doo level shit right yeah. here but it was great it was great dude absolutely great so, totally awesome yeah so um that's when they get notified of that then mr tarzan is gaudy ass uh, pinky ring uh retrieve a red velvet sack which later we find out has a key in it Right, ancient key. Um, So then Michael happens to be at the right place, right time. Gets there just in time, um, and tries some good old calm and banter to defuse the situation. But the hefty mustachioed goon is having none of it, and literally flings Hoff into a group of shelves across the room. And again, I tried to look. It was a very good David Hasselhoff lookalike. If it wasn't him, yeah, it it wasn't him because he was hiding his face, like chin down. But it was great. He did a great job. Unlike unlike RC's lookalike on the dirt bike, who was obviously a white man. Like they didn't even try. (laughs) They didn't even get a black dude for the for the stunt bike work. It was a total white dude. (laughs) So, just so you know, uh, throughout the rest of the show, I'm going to try and name the husky fella something different every time. Okay. So uh, you have Swamp Thing and Husky Lip Sweater head out, and Mister Towers then. Wants to quit the television show by killing himself. Right. Michael's, uh, the two, the two goons leave. Michael's still there with Mr. Towers and, uh, Mr. Mr. Towers commits suicide, which was kind of dark. He jumps out the window. Dude, he tries. Well, first off, let's be honest. He tries to stalk. Uh, it's not that bad. People love you. Let's talk this out. Right. <laughs> um, which is just a bunch of psychiatric mumbo jumbo bullshit. Um, I think it actually forced him out the window. You think he was so mad at, at Hoff's talking <laughs> yeah. that shit. Hoff psycho babble uh, drove him to jump. <laughs> just like, and I thought that non-articulated stiff ass dummy looked terrific. Dude, it was totally awesome. Yeah, I mean, they it didn't like show. A, the it was almost in like a like a crouching position as it fell. Yeah, it was bent at the hips and the knees, so it was kind of like yeah, it was a very weird. I mean, it was cool though; it was really cool. And I thought dark I think, again, you know. I thought Riggs would have done a better job talking him down than Hoff did. No, oh, dude, with his with his Three Stooges impression, is that what you're looking oh, for? He could have handcuffed himself to oh, the. Oh, that's uh, per- right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> about that. And then jumped him into a uh, airbag. Yeah, down below. Right. Anyway. Um, this is I thought was kind of weird. Like after Mr. Towers jumps, the chaos down below with the cops arriving and the ambulance and stuff, it almost seemed like an afterthought because the light on the camera actually turned off while they were filming it. Oh, I didn't notice. I didn't catch that. Yeah, so he's like walking through the crowd of police officers, the lights all bright, and then the light turns off and you can barely see anything oh. in the whole the entire rest of the scene. So bad edit, a bad cut. I would say so. Okay. Just, or maybe just to lengthen or just we need a thirty more seconds. So right. let's add this in. Yeah. And then um, that's when Kit does a workup, I guess, of the rich dude. And then they find out that he owned a bunch of stuff, uh, art, 
he was an archaeologist, like a, an artifact collector. Um, he mentions, dude, this is how much information he can get. He finds out that his final dig was like at the tomb of Chipotle or something. Right, <laughs> Chipotle's tomb. Hey, not only that, he knows what parties the dude has been to like in the last week. Yeah. <laughs> he like, knows what, everything. What database are you going to? I mean, this isn't the White Pages. This is something well, far more I think, sinister. I think the issue here is um, 1986, there is no internet, so we couldn't tell what the internet could and couldn't do at the time. So we just assumed that Kit was um, all-knowing, you know. Now, I mean, that may be possible, but back then, I mean, what the hell would you... Yeah, he gets a full rundown of everything, including the, where he's been, like, recently, which... Did like, Kit have how? people working at every, like, um, police record section, walking around, grab, grabbing paperwork and calling him with the information? I mean, how did that work? I mean, even I'd even take police records as being something you could look up, but how could you look up all the places the guy had stopped recently? Like, <laughs> yeah, <to eat>? no. <laughs> you know? But it didn't matter because Kit ruled, and and especially as a child, I you let that go. This belief, yeah. I will let this happen completely. Okay, so Donald Crane, who is Henry Gibson, is hosting a swanky party. Uh, did you notice he was talking with his mouth full a lot? The party sucked, by the way. Like all those parties sucked. He was literally sucking like escargot out of shells. Oh, he was. Oh, he was talking about his special guest. He's got like deviled egg popping out of his mouth when he's. Talking to the guests, <laughs> nasty. And I called it. He was cock teasing the crowd because he still <laughs> didn't bring down the special guests. He just talked to. Her. I've never met someone as special as this. You're not going to believe it. And I've talked it. to bearded people, bearded ladies, and half people. You're not going to believe what I got. You guys are going to. Yeah, he's just. And even after the the big announcement to the group, he goes to smaller groups and says the same thing. Like it has cuts of him telling like single people, like you won't believe how yeah, this is going to blow your mind. All over your face. Uh-huh. It's special, super spectacular. Yep. It was really weird. His like his choice of accents. It was. Tell you what, I think he would have been better as Hirana because his accent is better than Hirana's. Dude, and I, I thought the, the final reveal, the voodoo princess, is is what he was leading up to as this voodoo princess that can tell the future, or whatever. When they finally do reveal her, it was completely lackluster. It was Yeah, lame, dude. There's no lame. fanfare. She just Nothing. like walks downstairs. Hello, everybody. Yeah, it was lame. Anyway, Tower's daughter, who's Elizabeth Wesley, um, she meets up with Claude Watkins, who's going to the party, right? Yep. And she wants to try and get answers about her father's suspicious suicide. Uh, now, I don't know if that was that Tower's daughter or somebody else's daughter, because no. she talks later about her father was drowned and they called it a right. suicide. So right? That was that was a partner that we never got to saw, never got to see that was um, killed during the original expedition. It, to they, get another, the crown. To get the crown, right. And that was um, supposedly committed suicide. But then she also says he drowned in the rapids, which to me doesn't sound like suicide, but, you know, whatever. Let me let me tell you this. If um, somebody's questioning a suspicious death where they think maybe you're the suspect in the murder of him, um, allow them to come to the party. Yeah, right. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Especially if this is the daughter of a friend you used to work with. Right, right. He's like, yeah, uh, I don't know anything about it. I can't help you. And uh, you're not coming to the party. You right. can't come up here. Yeah which was a terrible idea. Um, And that's when we meet Hirana, the princess of voodoo. Um, And I was, she pre or post Miss Cleo? 86. Good call, man. When was Cleo? Was Cleo's definitely the eighties, right? Absolutely. And it was funny when I was researching some of the Cleo stuff, um, I found where um, people have confessionals on the internet where, they would get paid $12 an hour 
to read a script to people just to keep them on the phone as yeah, long as they absolutely possibly that, could. Yeah. These people were portraying the psychics that Miss Cleo advertised, but they were like college kids making $12 an hour in their dorm room. Wow. And all they had to do was keep people on the phone as long as they could. <laughs> Yeah. With a script, I could. I mean, that's that's just good business. I could see that completely. You know, <laughs> dude. But I, I caught something funny there. So he described the, uh, oh man, the smaller guy describes. I, I I messed up the names on these. This one really bad. Henry Towers. Gibson. It's a Donald Crane. Yeah, he describes uh, the the voodoo princess exactly the way I describe our show to people, and I took a cut of it. It's here. Sexy but ridiculous. We think. <laughs> that's pretty much us, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Can we get that on a sticker? Sexy, but ridiculous. <laughs> That's a good one. I like that. Uh, schlocky and, and ridiculous. <laughs> and ridiculous. <laughs> hey, Javier's leather pants. Sexy, but ridiculous. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> so um, she is going around to like individual people to provide spiritual guidance and a peek into their futures, right? She's um, a huckster. Yeah. I'm just going to say, basically, like, she's just going to tell you what you want to hear, right? Yeah, you're looking for something that you don't have. Um, you want something, and and you're going to do anything to get it, right? The standards. Well, it's just like, I, we've talked. I don't know if we've talked about it in the past on the show, where they did that uh, college group where each kid in the group got a horoscope, and they read it, and they all agreed, like, whoever wrote this horoscope knew them and knew exactly who they were and knew everything about them. And it was 100% accurate. So then they tell them to hand the horoscope that they have to the person behind them. And it's all the same horoscope. Everybody in the entire room got the same, the same same thing, right? Yeah, totally. So it's all just like middle of the road. Like you really want to be more successful. Well, who, who doesn't, right? You, you want more happiness in your life. Yeah. Who doesn't, Yeah. you know, you feel like your relationships could be a little better. Right. Of course. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, um, the two goons um, from the heist interrupt basically Hirana's bullshit session with everybody. And they hand her the the velvet sack with what we find out is the key. And then she is able to rub the little jewel, fake costume jewelry on her, around her neck, on her necklace, and it breaks the spell upon them. Now, why they don't leave immediately, (laughs) I don't know. That's a question I had, too. So were they they always bad guys, but just... Even more bad guy, badder when they had the earring on, or did they not know what they were doing? Were they coerced into that? That was kind of never. Because uh, like explained. when Michael wakes up from his his uh, trance, spoiler alert, um, he's immediately like, "What? Where am, where am I? I? What's right, going right. on here?" But they were just like, "Oh, let's go grab a beer in, well, the, I mean, in the shift." You know? a, a better example is later in the show when when Kit. Another spoiler, Kit finds the frequency to interrupt whatever was causing them to do it, but they still fight. They still attack. It so. doesn't work on... Yeah, so did it work and they just still... Yeah, yeah oh, no, it worked because they lost their superpower, so it worked. Mm. So I think that maybe just when they had the earring on, it was even they were like more sh- stronger and... Pumped up. Pumped up, yeah. Ready for crime. Again, in the 80s, if you have an earring, you're a badass. In one ear, too. Only one. Only one. So, um, Claude is smitten with Hirana, um, and he has his wiener blinders on because she is about to hypnotize him back to the party Yep, to discuss business. And basically, uh, it cuts from that back to the big rig, which I don't know, what was that, what was that rig called where Kit was inside and they had the computers and everything, which... 
Must been. have been terrible because, I mean, who wants to sit in a moving garage and do all your I was badass on the inside, though. They make it like a suite on the inside there. Um, so, it was, yeah, it was like an 18-wheeler, a tractor-trailer. And, and the, I mean, as a kid, when he would drive the back the car out of the oh. back of that truck, it was just like... Did you see, too, they would always, like, kind of lose control a little bit? And yeah, they'd back out and, of yeah thing? the bumper would always smash up into the frame and everything. Yeah, yeah, but it didn't matter. Crazy. It was so awesome. Like, you just wanted to There was, like, no that. hydraulics on that ramp, too. So, how would the ramp come back into... The, they, like, slam the truck brakes on the truck so it would flop back up? <laughs> yeah, it was just dragging metal across the asphalt. <laughs> that was funny. But still, to this day, kid, if dude, I see, like, oh, awesome. uh, you know, like a, a a big rig with a car hauler on the back of it, I, all I want to do is drive up on that. <laughs> you want Dukes of Hazard it, right? Yep, right up to the top of it. Um, so basically, the Night Rider team is trying to get to the bottom of the things, and um, I think they talked about towers. <laughs> they knew that towers had been at a party where Harana had been the guest of honor. Yeah, I would, somehow. Right yeah, now. which you had talked about earlier. He already knew all the parties and whatnot. And then that's when Michael Knight figures it out. Like, voodoo princes? Well, those guys who threw me around the other day at Tower's uh, uh, office, they were... Uh, Under a spell, right? Stone dudes, and they had superhuman strength and stuff. Yeah. So it has to be voodoo. And Michael heads right back to the party. Like, that he just oh, got by the way, out Crane, of? Uh, we got more intelligence. Crane's having another party tonight because apparently that's Crane's job. Right. He, he is a, a professional party planner. Yeah, he went right. I think he went back because didn't he lost? No, no, he hasn't met the chick yet. But at some point, he goes right back to the same party that, that he gets kicked out of. I don't know about that. I think so. No, no so th- this he, is the second party he, that he goes to here. He asked Devin to get him to, in to get him an invite to the right, party. Right, right, right. So Devin's actually able to procure tickets or an invite from somebody. Uh, but then we quick cut quickly to Claude's warehouse, where um, he's macking on some young blonde groupie. Yep, he's and a cocksman, Crane, dude. He's cocksure, dude. For he Claude sure is, is for an older fella. Yep. But that's when Crane comes in, and uh, they scheme a way to get Towers' vault key. Um, but they need all three of them to steal the, the crown. So they need one more key, right? They have the guy from the the expedition accident. They've right. got Tower's key. They need one more key to, to get the crown jewel. Right. It takes all the keys to get in. Right. Um, they admit, of course, to murdering the other two fellas. Um, and that's when Kit and Michael arrive at the party that they, like I said, somehow got invited to. I have no idea how that happened. Yeah, and you're right. This isn't the same party. This is a second party. This is Crane's second party, but this Correct. is Michael's first time coming Correct. to the party. Yes, yes. Just to get it straight, because they do this a lot, and this this one was actually kind of confusing because it was like an ongoing party, you know, so it was hard to figure out. Like the party never stops. Right. So that's when Elizabeth is able to schmooze Michael into letting him come into the party with him. Right. That's where you find out that Elizabeth is the daughter of the guy that got killed on the expedition with the original key, who, you know, she says, my dad would never have committed suicide. She kind of tricks Michael and says, I've always wanted to meet this voodoo princess. Can you get me in as your date? I see you're single. Um, Michael brings her in as, as his date. How convenient. Yeah. How absolutely convenient. And dude, convenient. these parties were way too light. Like, and, and I'm not talking about like the amount oh, of, if you look around the room, they had, yeah, it's not that light. Well, I, I wasn't talking about all the white people, but there was also that. But it was like, <laughs> like, it was bright, the, like they had fluorescent lights. Yes. Like it was the brightest, lightest voodoo party you've ever seen. It was like, blindingly bright. No mood. Yes. Dude. No setting, no tone to yes, it. Completely, dude. It was like it, classic that, music. That's not where you would think a voodoo princess would be um, introduced and in, in selling her wares, you know? Right. Crane works that room, though. He sure does. 
But, but then he finds out from uh, Claude who Michael and Lizzie are, so he tries to boot him out the hizzy. Well, he knows her because she tried to approach him at the first party, remember, to whatever. So he sees her with Michael and says, no, those are imposters or those people shouldn't be here. Get them out of here. But, dude, he, Michael just totally bamboozles him with a story that he's a writer for a paranormal magazine. Yeah, he came up with that quick, dude. That was pretty cool. <laughs> I think oh, yeah, he, man. I think that was pre-planned because uh, he, had a, he, had a, he had a backstory for sure. Right. But Watkins spots the bullshit artist. Right, because he he so, knew the chick from from the previous party, so that's why he's like, no, 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 he's lying. Uh, get, get the goon squad back in here. So they're about to boot him out, but then the wonderful and amazing uh, Harana, Queen of Voodoo or whatever, comes downstairs, and everybody's delight delighted. Yeah, another lackluster um, entrance intro. That, me, yeah. yeah, and then Harana thinks that Michael has terrific psychic energy. Um, but he asked her way too soon about towers. You can't just come right out with that. Yeah, he wasn't poker facing at all at that point. <laughs> yeah, like, hey, hey uh, inquiring minds want to know what happened to J- Mr. Towers. Right. And uh, did you see she gave him that? What you talking about, Willis? Yeah, face? yeah. She gave him the, the, the smooched together lips and like a little sideways tilt little to her side head. Tilt like, her mm-hmm. head. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> one it was not okay. <laughs> she was not happy with that. Yeah. So then uh, Swamp Thing and Girthy Snot Mob. <laughs> Is that okay? Girthy snot mob. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> they move in to handle the dirty work. Yeah. And um, I thought Mike was holding his own for a minute, though, right? Yeah, that was kind of, um, they didn't con- keep that consistent either. Sometimes he could beat him up even with the earring in, and at other times he couldn't even. She she initiated it. the magic, right? She rubbed her little correct. gemstone. Yeah, correct. But we get some buffet belly flops and nice. a, yeah. a chandelier karate kick here and there. Yep. Um, classic, but then classic but fights for my night rider. Yeah, but then Beth's gone. <laughs> like, what yes. happened to her? She just dipped out on him. Yeah, it shows her trying to hit one of the guys with a wine bottle, and one of the caterers stopping her and kind of um, embracing her. And at that point, I thought that they took her captive. But later, she just pops up driving around in her car. She's so like I'd... your friend that leaves in a bar fight. <laughs> yeah, which is me these days, by the way. That's, that's, how, <laughs> that's how I've t- what I've turned into. Me and my buddy are gonna f you up, dude. Isn't that right, Steve? Yeah, yeah. See. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I gotta go. My buddy's got the car. He's gonna. Yeah. He's my ride home. So. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's most. That's the most likely outcome these days for me, dude. <laughs> it was kind of funny though. They had that quick one-liner. Is it true what they say about your parties? They're a real bash. Yeah. <laughs> no. Mm. He stole an earring too. What a what a jerk. He did. He took it off one of the goons. Yeah. Anyway. So, um, while they're cleaning up Michael's mess, Harana agrees um, to show Claude the room of dreams. <laughs> right. <laughs> Weak. Uh, is that like a rub tug place? <laughs> <laughs> rub tug. It's just, it's a bummer to me because if you're going to come at me with the voodoo princess angle, I want like some some real dark southern voodoo magic not like gothic this, yeah, yeah like dude. voodoo like that just, didn't come across to, to me in this at all like she was very just like stock. a lady in a head headdress and a skirt yeah. with a really bad caribbean accent yeah like i'm wearing a head wrap right now am i a voodoo prince maybe <laughs> maybe it was it was just it it didn't match for the tone wasn't there for what i what i wanted out of that you know well, if she's a voodoo princess would those be considered zombies and that's how they kind of sold this, like in the beginning, right? Like these guys have supernatural powers and she's 
she's creating them, right, is kind of how they came at it. But it didn't play out that way. It went more technological, which didn't make – it didn't get explained and it didn't make sense. So I was, that was a little bit of a – Was it um, – yeah, Was because later on, was it magic or was she just like in that little gym? Did she have like a little like microchip or something? I mean, it was never explained. And not only that, they couldn't even give her a real push button. Like she acts like she's pushing it, but – there wasn't even like it didn't move, you know. So there was a little, there was a little left to be desired. But the problem with that is, I liked Knight Rider so much, the nostalgia is so deep for me with this that I, even though I don't like it, I still like it. You know, like it just doesn't matter. Right, you know? doesn't matter. You're yeah. you're enthralled. Yeah, it didn't matter. They do discover that those earrings are used for several different things. Right, they take it to like, oh my god, more high tech. Um, they use this instrument to examine the earring. That dude, I can't even explain it. It, it looked kind of like a children's toy truck with like a coffee machine mounted on top of it it was <laughs> dude it was the most ridiculous high tech it was really really janky it was dude completely janky and, and they basically give the same explanation as um dark angel which was this it's like turning your radio dial to k-i-l-l right that's like the same thing it, okay it, so they they specifically stated it prevents seasickness it helps to stop smoking prevent pain and produce adrenaline so basically, you could have super strong zombie soldiers impervious to pain that are nicotine free and ready to take a cruise. Right. <laughs> can can work at, uh, can work on uh, on a naval ship. Right? <laughs> yeah, it was the weirdest explanation, and and it really doesn't even make sense because well, it doesn't matter. It, it, the the contraption they use to uh, identify the what the earring was doing made that scene, so the rest of it didn't matter. Right. Technological mumbo jumbo is what you got there. Babble. Yeah. BS. Um, but then it cuts back to Claude and Harana in the room of dreams, and she flings even more horse crap around. But Claude is a skeptic, and he tells her he doesn't believe in any of this crap. And uh, so she coerces him into putting the earring on. So, so basically, he can see what she sees, right? Right. And I think everybody would do that. Yeah, dude. It, the, like you got a girl that you're kind of macking on, and she's like, "Listen, just put on this earring real fast, and let's." And let's, yeah, you're like, "Whatever, see. dude." I'll, I'll okay, okay, yeah, all right. Let's see this. The, mm. the only problem I had with this, this issue, the only issue I had with this here was she specifically tells him to place this on your left ear, but everybody else in the entire show had it in the right ear. In the right ear, and yep. for some reason that bothered me, and I have no clue why. Like, out of all the crap and nonsense that happened, that's the part that bothered me. I don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs> <laughs> like, maybe he was, I don't know, different frequency or something? The I other guy had it in his right ear. Come on. Come Continuity. on, man. Come on. I was, like, so aggravated. Consistency dude. here. Jesus. Ah, it so bothered me. <laughs> I love it later, though, that basically Kit throws out some more, uh, he pulls more crap science out of his tailpipe and uh, basically tells him that if, um, that he's able to pick up the frequency of any activated clips in the area, which is ludicrous. Yeah, completely ludicrous. And it's perfect because at that exact moment, zombie Claude, swamp thing in the plum womb room, the plump <laughs> womb room, uh, load up into a vehicle and Kit gets the notification that the uh, earrings are active and they're on the move. Yeah, I'm gonna do and it kit. literally shows like a car with three dots in it. I'm going to do a kit. There's three of them on the move, Michael. Like right away, dude. <laughs> like the minute he asks him if he could track it, he's like, oh, "Hey, uh, lucky for us, they're right in front of us. Three of them in a car, hey, and they just hey, got activated. Hey. <laughs> Bingo. We only got 45 minutes to wrap this whole yeah. story up. So, yep, 
Okay. Well, you know what? The kit, the kit scanner could do basically anything, and I never, ever questioned it as a kid. Again, pre-internet, so you don't have any I wonder any if you could tell you where like a Krispy Kreme has hot, fresh donuts at. I right guarantee at it, dude. I guarantee Can you do me an impression it. of that? Say again? Can you do an impression of Kit finding me a Krispy oh. Kreme with hot, fresh donuts? Right away, Doc. Down on uh, 13th and Bonanza, you can get a fresh uh, Krispy Kreme donut <laughs> and a vial of heroin. On the spot. <laughs> I don't even know. Do those streets even intersect? I'm not even <laughs> sure. I guess. Uh, my, the my, way, we can swing by. There's a silent alarm at the uh, yeah, my, journal. My whole kit impression is me plugging my nose. <laughs> That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> hey, Steve, everybody knows. Yeah. Hey, you know what, though? Since you know I have that phobia about touching my face, I won't use my fingers, so I have to plug my nose with like my knuckles. So I grab my like two fists. <laughs> And I plug my uh, I plug them from either side with my fists to make that happen. <laughs> I cannot touch my face, dude. <laughs> How do you pop a zit or something? Uh, lucky I don't get them, but I I wouldn't. I, just, I would use like Kleenex or something. Like I can't I can't touch my face with my fingers. Oh, well, right now I've got both fingers in my mouth completely. Oh my god, you're gross. <laughs> I believe it too. <laughs> so, uh, also lucky enough, Elizabeth's following me. Yeah, and she's. Terrible. Because they get to Watkins like warehouse and she shows up and she's following behind him. She's super stealthy and like a pink blouse and high heeled shoes. Well, the, the other thing with that was like, where the hell did she come? The last I'd seen of her, she was accosted at that fight. And I thought she was, I thought she was kidnapped. And I thought in she was Cause Michael went back to get her. That's the whole reason of him going back to that party. Um, because he goes back after they examine the earring. He's like, well, I got to get back there because the chick was there. But apparently she wasn't. Now she's just freelance snooping, I guess. I okay, so you have her doing, uh, quote, unquote, freelance snooping. Uh, and one when one freelance snoops in an antique store, what always invariably happens? Uh, will you, whoa, 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 knock into a, a, a the statue? Glass, like, like the Christmas largest glass ball you've, you've seen. seen yeah. Like a, a crystal sphere the size of, uh, a, you know, a globe yeah it's craziness yeah but you know whatever that's that's what Knight Rider was dude so that's they snatch her up yeah. of course um but Kit knows she's inside too so oh yeah he knew by her DNA he said well if someone that matches wait let me call it Michael someone that matches uh that chick's DNA is in there with them and her heart rate is elevated so she must be in trouble <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> that's a pretty good kit huh pretty solid <laughs> Oh, God. Solid impressions going on today. Oh my God, I'm so uh, <laughs> I'm so stupid. Hey, that's that's legitimately what he said. Like someone matching her DNA is in there with her heart rate <laughs> elevated. She must be in trouble. Well, okay. So if you've already been caught wearing a pink blouse and a pair of high heels, what's a better thing to sneak into a warehouse wearing to conduct a covert operation. Oh, for me, it's Nike Gazelles. That's the only way I do my snooping. Dude. How, how about a tuxedo? <laughs> yeah, that's Michael's true. Still wearing yeah. a tuxedo. He's got his party tux on. <laughs> you mean Kit doesn't pack him a pair of sneaky clothes? How does Kit know everyone's DNA on Earth? How would he have a sample of her DNA? Did she sit in the car? <laughs> <laughs> you think Michael had a little sample of her DNA on his tux, dude? <laughs> Bill Clinton. Yeah. He's, he's got his little tongue on the petri dish, like that's a little laugh. That's a, oh. a little wet spot on Kit's passenger seat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <yeah>. gross, gross. <laughs> so, um, Claude hands over the red sack, which contains Towers Vault key. 
the plot thickens. <laughs> Dude, wait a minute. But the ancient, <laughs> but the ancient key was actually a blue schleg. It wasn't even like that. <laughs> it was just a schleg or a quick set like house key painted blue. It wasn't like I was expecting like a big, you know, ornate uh, something you would see that would unlock some kind of tomb, like or a something. skeleton a on the end set. of it or something. But <clears throat> now. I <laughs> like how you come up with a schlag. <laughs> like everybody's familiar with key key brands. Well, you know, it, it's just it's your house key, but spray painted blue. That was their ancient um, key to unlock uh, Chipotle's tomb. Chipotle's <laughs> tomb to get it. So as Michael comes in to save Beth, who is tied up and duct taped, dude. Yeah. Like wow. Um, he's interrupted by Ponchy Lip Doily. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you know what, dude? I gotta um, say too, like in the scheme of his, it, like because I've seen him in plenty of stuff in, in his uh, pantheon of work, I'd say he was pretty slim in this one because I've seen him much heftier. Right? He wasn't. Oh yeah, he's like a lot of actors, you know, the up and down with weight, just right. like all of us. Right. I mean, really, you're gonna call out his weight? Are well, you body shaming I, somebody? I'm actually sticking up for him and saying he's not that heavy in this one compared to some of his other stuff. Yeah, but just so you're saying he's fatter in other ones, which is un- unacceptable. I mean, there's an acceptable weight for an actor. Oh, so am I complimenting him on Knight Rider or am I making fun of him in Fall Guy? <laughs> exactly. I'm not sure which way I, to go I, with that. Like Vince Vaughn is funnier when he's fatter. So Jonah Hill, Stuff funnier. your face, man. Yeah. yeah, he looks weird like without all the weight. Uh, that dude that played, uh, was it Wayne Knight? The dude that played Newman? That, that, that dude looked really weird when he oh, lost weight. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. So... Sometimes it's nicer to look plump. Yeah. That's what I say to myself when I look in the mirror every day. <laughs> you can reassure yourself because I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. While I'm eating a hamburger with Krispy uh, Kreme. Krispy Kreme buns. <laughs> it's okay to have a couple pounds on you. <laughs> a shame stick. Yeah. Oh, God. You think Lynn would eat one of those? Oh, yeah, dude. You know what they are, right? Yeah, isn't that the what you're talking about? The hamburger that has like donut buns? No, I'm talking a shame stick, a stick of butter dipped in sugar. Oh, and yeah. you just I, eat it like she, a corn dog. She ate that tonight, bro. She <laughs> that like at any time of the day. Oh god. Yeah, Lynn doesn't mess around, dude. She's I don't know how she does it, man. She you told me she ate like a can of spam with a spoon. <laughs> I saw her. Didn't even heat it up. <laughs> Out of the can with a spoon. Yeah. Oh, and I, I know for people babies. that for people that don't know my wife, she's very petite. She's like under a hundred pounds. Um and somehow, one hundred percent. Yep. All she eats is like uh, hot pockets, lunchables, and spam. It's like pizza oh, bites, like um, pizza pockets. She doesn't. She mozzarella and meatball is the preferred. Um, ramen noodles, like seven days a week. Uh, I, I don't know. How, I don't know how she does it. Man. All that sodium too, man. It's amazing. Oh dude. Yeah. Uh, I thought this was funny because um, basically the the big fella body slams Michael, knocks him out. Uh, does he? Does he knock him out? Yeah, because he's about to finish the job, and then because the other quote quote zombies are walking away, he just kind of tapers off and and leaves. Yeah, him. like not very good at handling witnesses right. at all. I mean, you don't kill him or get rid of him completely, right? And whatever uh, she was controlling him with also gave him like explicit instructions on what to do at all times, or like I, I don't know. But did you notice when he comes to, um, he calls in Kit, who's being driven by Thing. By what? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, 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 wait, wait. Did you get that picture I sent you? Yes. You could actually see the hand of the stunt driver. Oh, was that what it was? When nice. Kit was on autopilot? The thing from the Adams family. <laughs> <laughs> nice, dude. I love it, dude. The stunt hand just hanging onto the steering wheel. Yeah, that's great. I love catching stuff like that. Anyway, um, Michael and Elizabeth load up into Kit, and um, the bad guys take off. And um, at this point, Claude comes in. 
and uh, draws down on him. And then we get another commercial break. Right. So I really appreciate the full experience. Didn't you have something for commercial break? Oh, I do. You talked about? I do. I have an old uh, sledge cat here. Here's our commercial break. Well, it looks like old Doc and Steve got themselves into a whole lot of mess with this Slocker Night episode. This one's going to be harder to listen to than a rooster with his nuts caught in a combine. Thank you, Sledge. Forgot about that one, dude. I can't wait for more cuts from Sledge. He's supposedly getting uh, moved into his new studio now. Dude, he is going large with this one. He's talking about noise dampening and um, setting up the room for acoustics and everything, man. It's it's going to be great. I cannot. So wait. he's going to be more professional than us. Oh yeah, yeah, on the show itself, by far. Yeah, by far. Yeah. So basically, we're going to have a spinoff that's better than our show, right. which I'm very proud of. Right. Uh, and just, I don't know if, if this is going to come out in the recording or not, but we have been having some Skype issues during the show. So if there's a little cuts or breaks, uh, I apologize now. Yep, absolutely. We're going to try and work on that by moving our families in together so we can do Schlocker Not full-time. Or they will kick me and Doc out and we'll live down on Bonanza and 13th Street in a studio studio apartment. Yeah. (laughs) I wonder if I could trade heroin for fresh donuts. I'm pretty sure uh, people that need heroin will trade you absolutely anything for heroin. (laughs) I I don't think there's any limit on what they won't give you for heroin. so sad. Yeah, dude. so sad. Um, Back from the cliffhanger, we find out that Claude shoots himself. Yeah, so I'm yep. starting to realize that nobody wants to spend any time with Michael Knight at all. Right, what she what she's doing, you kind of figure it out now, is that she's she's getting these guys the um, getting what is it called the, the uh, hypnotized or the their mind control. Put them in a trance. Yep. Yeah, mind put them in a trance. Hypno- Hypnotism, maybe. Hypnotism. Yep. Yeah, and then she they're going to get the key, retrieve the key for the Quixicottles, whatever. And Chipotle. then Chipotle's whatever, and then they off themselves. So they they tie up their own loose end, and then she gets the key, yeah, and they're dead. Get rid of the witnesses. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Would you say that she gave him the juju-juju-bomba? Game of the juju. I'm not even going to respond to Lick, lick, lick my balls. Was that, that what is better? that? It's <laughs> a little cut I took. That's terrible. I was, doing soundboard. That I was doing soundboard stuff. I thought that might be fun. Mm-hmm. Here. Yeah. Oh my god. Is that better? If you like that one? It's better. Would you get rid of that last one? That was stupid. Lick, lick, lick that's... my balls. <laughs> get rid of that. Uh, last time. Yeah, that's like uh what is it? The butt? It's it's Rick and Morty. That's what that's from, dude. Yeah. What was never mind. Oh, last week's? No. No. Here. You don't poop out of your penis. You poop out of your butt. That one? Is that the one you're thinking about? <laughs> happened i degenerated dude when i start doing sound clips it degenerates <laughs> like super fast down into like poop jokes like nothing oh i thought we were i thought we talked about this steve i thought we were going to try and take it to another level and dude, i thought that level was up the, the minute i take like a, a a legit clip it's like oh this is really good for the show this will work perfect instantly after that there's a wiener or a fart clip like that i take like right afterward <laughs> I love Rick and Morty, and so does my son. And now I'm starting to wonder why I let him watch it. Here. This is a mess. <laughs> you know what that I is? couldn't hear it. Oh, one more time here. This is a mess. <laughs> Do you know what that is? It sounds like, um, God, no. It's it's Hasselhoff drunk eating a hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> He's laying on the carpet like this is a mess. Dolph <laughs> Lundgren. <laughs> Like you slowed it down. Close your eyes and play it, and it sounds like Dolph Lundgren. Okay, Slow it down. Okay. This is a mess. <laughs> right? It does a little bit. It's <laughs> almost like one of those um, 
Carl's Jr. commercials with Dennis Rodman or like Carmen Electric where like the juice is squirting all over him when they're eating it, but he's just a <laughs> drunk dude trying to eat a hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> this is a mess. Hasselhoff. <laughs> uh, uh, that was when his kids were trying to set him up, right? Yeah, it's kind of actually sad. <laughs> so kind of messed up. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So I guess they have to go to the hospital with a dead body. Don't know why. Um, so at the hospital, Elizabeth and Michael exchange cliff notes and they move the story further along. That's sure. all I'm going to say. Yeah, that's fine. They've got it all figured out. Yeah. Uh, Devin and his enormous spectacles. They look like two <laughs> like coffee saucers on his totally, face. Totally, bro. Totally. <laughs> uh, discover that Harana is just a con woman criminal through various yeah, open source. Through other non-internet related means. Yes. So Michael decides to go have a chat with Crane. Sure. Sure. Uh, and that's when I got that shot that I've always adored that you've already talked about where he drops out of the back of the truck. Yes. Oh, I love it. Love it. <laughs> Super cool, man. Yeah. Um, but at Crane's suite, um, Crane's too busy double-crossing Hirana. Um, but, of course, her goons move in and save her again, which um, is another time procrastination has ruined completely a villain's plans. Dude, and not only that, uh, he was supposed to give her a million bucks for the keys or whatever. That's fine. To like a priceless right, crown. Right. Whatever. But... Worse than that is the way he was overpowered was just dumb. Like, the dude just walk in and grab his arms and he drops his gun. And, like, it, that scene, man, it was, it was really weak. I didn't like that. I mean, what are you going to do? Take a 50-year-old, 56-year-old man and have Dick Durock punch him in his back? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, why not, man? <laughs> nah, it's Sell just, it. It just sucks because he's pointing his gun at her, and they just walk over to him leisurely and grab his arms and take his gun away. Like, there like, was so I wonder, like, if he shot her, would it shut down the spells of everybody? Which later on, Kit says absolutely would work. Sure. Or No, Michael Knight says that. Sure. You sure. take her out of, out of commission, it's like killing the head vampire. Everybody's safe again. Wow. There's some soundboard work for you. Because <laughs> I like to watch my farts glow. Anyway. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> um. He gets the earring put on his ear, and um, that's when Devin sends over um, basically a sound wave, a high-frequency sound wave to Kit, um, which is going to be used later to deactivate those earrings. Right, to counteract the frequency of blah 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 yeah. blah yeah. uh, But Gibson, under mind control, leaves. He's told to go to some warehouse or basement of like one, two, three... Wall Wall Street or some yeah, shit. Yeah, Main Street. No idea. No idea why. Yep. Um, and then Michael and Kid arrive just to see uh, Crane leaving. Um, and then he meets up with um, Harana. They do a little back and forth, and her accent wasn't cutting it at all. No, it no, was not no. strong enough to sell the character here. It was just about as good as my Kit as my Kit impression. I'd yes, say exactly, <laughs> too. exactly. <laughs> Um, and then Hulk Hogan and Sergeant Slaughter, not my words, nice. their words. Yep. Night, night's words. Yep. Um, move in and, um, he gets a shit beat out. Right. This he time, gets down. this time for some, cause the time, previous time he beat both them both up this time. Yep. He, he can't do anything to him. It was a little weird. Um, and also his communication device to kit, which is his watch, his eye watch. Yeah. Is crushed. Gets crushed. Um, but then when he wakes up, he's got the. Earring in his ear, and he's instructed to meet with Crane at the one, two, three Wall Street, Main Street, whatever. Right. Um, and then while Michael Knight's writing in Kit, uh, Kit figures out with the rudimentary graphic that Michael has earring in his ear. 
Right. It was terrible looking, dude. Another like, magnificent oh. kit ability. Yeah. Scan the inside of the car. Right. And uh, you have an outline like TSA of your entire body sit- in a seated position with a yep. red dot on your ear. Yep. Yep. Sure. So he sends the, the, the magic frequency and, and instantly foils uh, Harambe's plan for Michael, right? Right. Yes. Harambe. <laughs> that wasn't even, a, that was kind of an accident, even. <laughs> That's funny, rest in peace. Um, then Kit also figures out that the building they're parked in front of is, is set for destru- demolition. And the explosives seconds. have been set, and it's they got like thirty seconds. Right as they're driving up, Kit Kit knows all of this. We've got thirty yeah. seconds because this he scanned is, the building. Somehow he also scanned the timer on that humongous pile of dynamite that they just threw in the basement <laughs> of the building. So basically, to be a demolitions expert, you just know need to know the one location to throw piles of dynamite it, it to get the like, whole um, thing to It clear. looked like Wiley Coyote's stash of Acme dynamite <laughs> <laughs> was down Acme in the basement. <laughs> Uh, fuses out everywhere. Yep. Um, but that's when RC3 says, I'm not sticking around. I'm going to go help out. So he leaves on a motorcycle and uh, he shows up just in time to drop his motorcycle off in the collapsing building. Yeah. He, 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 he shows he, up. The white, the white guy driving his bike jumps out of the truck, which looked really cool. And then he shows up right as Michael is putting the other crane, dude in, crane in the car Puts his bike down, helps Crane in the car, gets in the car, and leaves. And I wasn't really certain why he was there or what. what and the then point the of building collapses. Stock, just stock building right implosion. Stock footage, one hundred percent stock building footage. implosion. Yeah. And then you have Kit driving away and stopping in an alley with some fog blowing, <laughs> like it's the so debris. Cool. Yeah, it was so cool. Yeah. From the bo- yeah great. from the uh, bombing. Yep. Um, I mean, if me and you, uh, especially as children, were doing that, I, how what other way is there to do that? Stock building explosion and some smoke behind your car. There you go. You escaped. There it is. Yep. Sign it up. We're yep. doing it. It's going to happen. And then, uh, so they've got Crane in the car. He plays hard to get with the crown uh, location info until basically Michael has to remind him, like, hey, listen, Harana just tried to kill you, so let us know what's up. Yeah, like he really had to, like, <laughs> the dude almost just died, and he's still going to, like, hold out on her. <laughs> uh, I don't know nothing about nothing, but yeah. Blanche DeVoe says. Right. Some weird shit. Um, but then they go, they arrive where Harana and uh, Groot and the other big fella. <laughs> Groot. Harambe, Groot, and who? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Harambe, Groot, and uh, let me see if I can think of another one. Um, Portly... Um, womb broom. Okay. <clears throat> um, they're leaving with the crown jewels. And so they actually get into a surprisingly fun fight scene. Dude, where RC, RC totally went ham on that dude, bro. He When RC uh, ran dude, out of the house, he was, was like, slamming <laughs> his face into like the slide up roll up doors or yeah, whatever. Dude. Yeah. He threw him off the loading dock uh, lift. Dude, and dude, he when he hit the ground, kidding, he would scratch dude. his knees. Uh, Michael was doing roundhouse kicks to the face. Finally, you finally get a Hasselhoff roundhouse. You had to wait this long for it. Come uh, on. I, I don't know if I would say wait. <laughs> I was waiting the whole time, dude. <laughs> Did you get a little squeal? When it's he- Dude, it's a signature move, bro. He had the tight jeans. He only had one kick. You got to use it. <laughs> You can do a front kick or a rear kick or donkey kick. I think a- if he did, he'd rip the gusset out of those crotches, dude. I think he had to do that side that side swiping kick. Did you was just make a word up a gusset? No, nah, that's like a pouch you sew into like your crotch for so you can do a karate <laughs> kick. Come on, man. Every, everybody that had Chuck Norris action jeans knows what a gusset is. Bro. <laughs> Come on, man. Nice, very nice. Yeah. 
So then uh, that's but this, when but this is also Hirana, the, To cut in, this is also the part where I, I noticed that he had stopped the earrings from working on the goons, but they were still bad guys. So that's when I was kind of like questioning. Yeah, so like, that's oh. when you're like, hey, what happened? Right. Now, I guess they don't have their superpower now, but they were still bad guys. So, so they must have known what they were doing. Then why turn them into zombies? Like I, I kind of got a little off track there. You know? <sighs> well, we're almost over. Also, so. also it doesn't matter. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, it's almost over. Yeah. So she tries to get away with the loot. Um, he sends autopilot kit over to stop her. Weak. He walks totally up, weak, by the way. He walks up and <laughs> says, like, where's the ju- where's the crown? She's like, here. Yeah, he says, Kit, get him. And Kit drives literally 12 feet. Like, <laughs> like, just and, like comes into like a little drift action to block her car. And and... She could have put it in reverse and left, but all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kit would have used a laser technology to move behind her or something. Yeah, you know? sure. Anyway, um, he could hack all the streetlights and turn them all red when he needed them or some other crap. I'm turn sure. them off so she couldn't see. Yeah. Clo- turn clo- close off. security gates. Close. Uh, Why couldn't he scan the car and shut down the ignition? Boom. Or r- lift up the drawbridge so she can't drive over the, the, the <laughs> lake or whatever else he could do. Oh, uh, shit. Anyway, the crown jewels are safe. Um, and we're back. In the uh, big rig. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, I'm going to give the Michael, uh, he had to do a one-liner at the end, a little quip here. But a stolen crown never made a man a king or a woman a princess. Hey, that's good, Michael. What is that, uh, Shakespeare? Mm-mm. Michael Knight. Yes. Then, then a commercial break. <laughs> hey, then a commercial break, and then you get the uh, the wrap tie a bow around it and wrap it up ending. Right? Yeah. Uh, so basically, RC three recovered his motorcycle, which is the most Impossible. out of everything that the car did. Out of everything that I witnessed, that is the most unbelievable aspect of this entire impossible. episode. Absolutely impossible and unnecessary. Not only impossible, unnecessary. Imagine you know thousands of tons of debris and metal and concrete on top of a motorcycle and they recovered it yeah he's like i had to pay i had to um fork over some dough to the con- demolition guys but they they got they pulled my bike out <laughs> what? jesus why? and it looked like a piece of shit anyway uh, why like a dumpster bike why why but michael gets the girl elizabeth is his lady now and they're both uh getting a vacay and you get a free on- frame Of her like staring lovingly into his face and him smiling at the camera with like a little sparkle on one tooth, like a, a little teeny, <laughs> a little ching on a tooth. His teeth were imperfect too, man. So yeah, good on him. Yep. And that was the end of the show. That's it, guys. All right. Before we get Season to our stuff, episode twenty-two. Before we get to our stuff, let me give us some Night Rider in, ins and outs and what other. Can stuff we wait? Can what? we do the quiz off first? Before Thank anything you know, else? go ahead, go ahead. If you get it, then you get it. Okay. Oh, yeah, I get you. So you, some of your stuff was in the quiz off. Maybe. maybe some of, some of mine is too. So, uh, No, this is just more conjecture. This isn't like trivia type stuff. Um, I'd say that even at the end of this show, which this was, the very end, right? So there was nothing after this episode, no more seasons. There was still a, a charm to the show for me. Like it's very formulaic. It's very predictable. But it also had like a wholesome quality to it. Um, and thinking back to when I was a kid, it was cool because the clues always kind of led to the bad guy and the good guys were always going to win. There wasn't like infighting between Devin and Michael, right? It was very cut and dry, bad versus good. And I could see myself as a 12 year old 
telling my dad, like, dad, dad, I bet it's that earring. Did you notice they're both wearing those earrings? And then when they figure out, like, I told you, dad, I told you it was the earring, right? Like, this was made for that. Almost like a a, a kid's, you know, like a, a Nancy Drew Hardy Boys type mystery almost. Um, Encyclopedia Brown right? type thing. This wasn't deep thinking type stuff. This was good versus bad. And they were going to lead you. The clues were always going to lead you to that bad guy. And as a child, this rang true. This rang perfect for me. Um, I loved it. I loved every single one. This is this episode was very milk toast, very dry. Um, there's definitely better episodes we can we can visit in the future. Um, but even this one was awesome. Like I just there's a, there's a nostalgia, a heavily weighted nostalgia, of course. But uh, there's there's a Hoff was perfect for this role. I think. Like I know he gets made fun of with the whole you know the singing thing in Germany and Baywatch, right? All that stuff. But I can picture for a reason, a, a, another actor. As Michael Knight, like he is Michael Knight. His rapport with Kit, uh, to me, was absolutely perfect. Like they they nailed it. You don't think Nick Cage could have pulled that off? God damn, Nick Cage! I could drive a car for hours. That guy, Nick Cage. I sure. Could talk to Kit for hours. What about like um, Matthew Perry? <laughs> no, it's it's no? David Hasselhoff, bro. Don Rickles. Don, Don Rickles. Don is, Knotts. Don Knotts is awesome. Don. <laughs> <laughs> Don, Don Knotts and me have a similar body type. I'm going to tell you that right now. Dude, we got a lot in common. <laughs> Frail. <laughs> Frail, definitely. Um, but yeah, dude, I just, this this show to me is, I love it. Absolutely. Love, even to this day, even though I know it's shitty and I picked it apart and everything, I love Knight Rider, dude. It's an awesome show. And they, I think they nailed it with the car, the personality, Hoff, everything is, is just great. I will talk about it here in a second. Okay. Uh, agree or disagree for the most part with that? Slightly agree. Okay, so it didn't. It wasn't as important for you as it was, or did it not hold as up as much? My 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 ten uh, year old self would have a- absolutely adored this show. My ten year old self, my older self, my now self, my present day self. Well, not so much. I mean, I don't regret having watched it. I wouldn't mind owning it on DVD because I think it's an important part of my um, life. Um. But yeah, this show is garbage. Yeah, it, it is, dude. And I can the problem I'm having is it's I can a, it's see it's fast food television. Right. You know I, what I'm it, saying? It's, it's easily complete, digestible. It's a cookie cutter formula that's used over and over and, and over. And that's again. okay sometimes, man. When you're when you want to sit down with a ham and cheese sandwich and eat it and enjoy it, right. sometimes you just want to do that. Or a peanut butter and jelly. You don't want to make a fancy meal, you know? Right. Right. And it that, just depends think, on the mood you're in, buddy. I, I think that was the revelation from you is even though I'm looking at it now and I can tell it's this one specifically was not good at all. Uh, I loved it so much as a kid that, that that seeped into my adult life to the point where I cannot not like this show. That's how much that's how much I liked it before. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, it's man. Craziness, man. And that, I couldn't believe it. I didn't think it was going to hold up like uh, as much as good as well as it did. It held up horribly in terms of the big scheme of things, but in my mind and my heart, it held up one hundred percent. That's great. That's all that matters, dude. All right, all right uh, what do we got here? Good news, bad news here. I've got some good news, and I've got some bad news. Okay, go for it. What's your good news? Okay, so I'm saying the good news is this show was just campy enough for kids, um, just campy enough for every kid to enjoy, right? Right. But just edgy enough to get adults to put it on the TV for us. I agree. Yes. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, this is a show that you can watch with your kids. I mean, there's murder off screen. Um, there's violence. There's fights. But there's enough camp and and and, and lightheartedness for a parent to feel comfortable enough to show it to their kids. Right, the good guys are That's always going to win here. Yeah, there's no question of good versus evil. Right. 
Right. And, cool. and like I said earlier, the good guys didn't even infight. They were always good. The good guys were good. The bad guys were bad. There was no gray. Yep. You know, there's something to yep. that. There's, some, there's a wholesomeness to that. I think, Sim- for sure. Simplicity, man. Right. Um, for me, I'm going to say specifically on this episode, but during the term of the show, the the length of the show, I think Hasselhoff still gave it his all all the way to the end. Um, I didn't feel like he was phoning this in, even though this was the twilight days of Knight Rider. Uh, he still had it for me as Michael Knight. I thought was Do you great. think possibly because he didn't know it was going to be canceled? Yeah, I, I was going to ask you that too because this didn't seem well. I'll, we'll get to it. Go ahead. What's your bad news? Um, although I haven't seen it in years, um, it seems as though that maybe the writing may have gotten just progressively worse. Do you think the earlier episodes were a little bit better than the newer episodes? I think there was uh, peaks and valleys on Knight Rider. Like they would have some really cool two parters, like the Goliath one, and then you'd have you know in between the cool season opener and the season closer, you'd have some duds, some kind of, and here's, here's episode seven and eight. They were just kind of thrown together type thing. You know, you think maybe they wrote their own death note to the boob tube graveyard with this episode, stuff like this. Say again. Do you think maybe they like wrote their own death note to the boob tube graveyard just because of the fact (laughs) that maybe they weren't trying, maybe we're pushing the boundaries a little too campy. Oh man, that's a tough call, dude. That's a, that's a great question, man. I think to answer that, I'd have to go back and watch season one through four, and I'd have to see if it is a consistent downgrade or was it just some one-offs. Like, you watch any show, Dexter, or, uh, you name it. Some of them are great. Some of them suck, right? Like, they're just slow ones. Yeah. Especially right. mid-season. Um, but if I can... That's trend- the entire final season of Dexter. I couldn't even finish. Man, I didn't, actually. So. I, I, that was a bad example. There, like, um, Breaking Bad, that was a great show, but there were still some slow ones in there where it didn't move the story and nothing really happened. Right? They're just kind yeah, of... Yeah, you're right. Whatever. Well, um, sometimes you have to... You have to, you know, focus on the characters, not the story. Right. And, and that's actually a perfect um, discussion because that transitions right into my bad news, which was I thought as a as a finale, this was completely weak. This is a horrible, horrible finale. Uh, not a good way to go out. And not even if they didn't know they were coming back for season five, even if they thought they were coming back for season five or if they knew this was the last one, this was a weak ending for a season this this particular episode a series not even a season right right but i'm saying they might not have known that this was the last of the you're series, right yeah right? you're right and i remember some of the other ones were like the the one where kit got wrecked or where goliath um fought with my um kit or the car episodes those were fun and those were usually the season beginning and endings um even two parters right. dude this no super pursuit mode in your season finale seriously no yeah. no jumps no turbo boost kit no Where's car the female chases? that they had fired from the show after the first Bonnie, season right? because they wanted to bring in a sexier female to bring up the sex appeal, and they actually fought to get her back. Correct. Yeah, that's 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 um, exactly what you said there. Bonnie, who I, I thought was super Patricia, cool. McPherson, Patricia McPherson, Bonnie Barstow. Yeah, they they fired her in season two to get a sexier chick, and the whole cast uh, and Hoff apparently was like, "Screw you guys, dude! Bring her back!" And she was back, but she's she's not even in this. She's not in it, and she's she's, she's in it she's in credit. She's credit yeah, only. That's it. Which is weird because this if this again if this is your season finale, you got to pull out all the stops. You need super pursuit mode. I want to see convertible kit. I want to see a jump. I want to see a turbo boost. I want to see the whole cast. Right? What what would you think going into season five if there was one after the end of season four? Like nothing. Yeah. Mm. So to me, that was I think a horrible way to end a, what I thought was a great show as a, as a child. You know. Oh yeah. All right. Uh, all right yeah. Schlock star rating. I'm going to give it one out of one episode that Knight Rider probably shouldn't have aired. They yeah. should have probably tried to finish on top. Right on, man. See, we're kind of right on the same page here then, right? Yep. Okay. Absolutely. I will give it. We'll four. come around back to it again. Right. Oh, yeah, dude. We got to hit the evil, like, 
Hoff with a goatee. And we got to hit some of those for <laughs> sure. Or the or the street gang that puts Kit back together again. Like we yeah, the season of finale of three, right? Yeah. Um, for me, I give it four seasons of thumbs up. Maybe not this episode, but you got four seasons of Knight Rider, and I loved them. All right, there you go. Life lesson learned. Um, my stepdad was probably right. Guys shouldn't wear earrings. <laughs> now in your in your in your later years, you can you can finally say that. Dude, I put on an earring when I was in high school. I pierced my own ear. My neighbor girl helped me. And he got home at like 2 o'clock in the morning, and my mom stayed up to wait to tell him about it. And he woke me up in the middle of the night and told me to get it out of my ear right now. And then so I wake up, take an earring out, and went right back to sleep. Wow. I have... Yeah, he was adamant. I don't, I don't care about earrings on dudes. I would probably even get one now as well. I don't, it means nothing to me. It's just something I've never been interested in. But maybe he was right. Dude, my story is completely the opposite. I also pierced my ear, but I pierced both of them, even as like when that wasn't fashionable. Yeah, like the thing to do, right? Yeah, I pierced both of them myself, and uh, my parents didn't even notice. And then finally, I pierced my eyebrow, and then they're like, D- "Did you, you did always a Fred have Durst? A- did you always have an earring in your eyebrow? That <laughs> type of deal." <laughs> How old were you? When I did my ears, I was eighth or ninth grade, so I would have been like fourteen or fifteen, and I. I think the eyebrow would have been before I was 21, maybe 17, 18-ish. Oh, shit. But that one I didn't like. Like, I took that out quick. I kind of did it as, like, it just... Dude, I tried to do that myself in high school. So, basically, I got, like, a lump of my eyebrow, and I'm trying to jam an earring through it. Not cool. Uh, that the eyebrow I actually had done, and it was like the dirtiest thing you can imagine. It was by some dude piercing on the street in Hollywood Boulevard, like down in California. Oh my god! Yeah, it was dude. very unsanitary, and I just I didn't like it. You know, I wore it for a couple of days, and you know, I just I didn't like it. I didn't like to sleep on it, and I didn't like stuff on my face. So. Like something ca- snagging on something. Yeah, that would be it just terribly painful. And I didn't like the way it looked. Like long term, it just didn't do it for me. But yeah, I pierced. I think my dude. You know, I'm. Uh, I have tattoos fairly you know they're pretty bad a lot of old gangster stuff some some cool stuff that got professionally done some not but i could walk through a room like last year and my mom would look at my leg and say when did you get that tattoo and i've had it since i was, uh, like, since I was like 23 with, you got a pair of shorts on yeah if she comes to my house i'd be wearing like workout shorts or something and i'd walk through the room and and this, these are tattoos that i've had for 20 years that she's asked me had asked me 20 plus times when did you get that or since when have you had a tattoo you're like 1997 yeah i've had it since the last 20 years you've been asking me when i got it dude i got her name tattooed on the back of my leg and she doesn't be like mom this is your name like, what are you talking you don't remember me tattooing your name on me oh my god so yeah my my i think my um I, mine went a little different than yours i guess i got my first tattoo when i was 17 by some dude in a trailer park in tennessee nice so you know there was no autoclave no needle or whatever and uh, I kept it hidden from my mom for quite a while. When she found out, she was furious. And then, of course, as soon as I turned 18, I went to Alabama, no, Georgia, and got a big Decker from Nightbreed tattooed on my leg. And uh, needless to say, she didn't talk to me for about three days. Oh, shit, dude. That's so weird. So yeah. my, my parents, like, have no clue what's going on and don't care at all about me. And yours, yours were controlled. My parents are like super it's hypersensitive when, when yeah. I'm doing something new to my body. And now when she comes over, you know, my whole right leg's covered and everything else. I got tattoos all over my back. And she just kind of harumps. Yeah. If you will. But, hey, I don't have them on my face. There you go. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but I mean. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. All right. Uh, where are we at? Life lesson learned? Uh, no, I just did my life lesson learned. Okay. So it's my turn. Um. I learned that uh, 80s action TV shows pretty much all still hold up for me. Heavily weighted with nostalgia, 
but I have yet to watch one that I just couldn't, that I hated and couldn't. No, Twenty One Jump Street's pretty bad. I did try to watch that again, and that's almost unwatchable. But the 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 um, Airwolf, Buck Rogers, Knight Rider, A Team, all that type of stuff, I can still. Which watch. has been your favorite episode so far? Uh, of that we've the, done in, out of the boob tubes. Favorite in terms of us recording it, or favorite in terms of when I watched it, I had a good time. Just you had a good time. The show itself, not us, our banter and our ridiculous back and forth. Probably the Dukes. I, I'm a huge fan of the Dukes, man. It's, it, it's just so out of left field. An alien in Hazard County. Yeah, it's and ridiculous. it was the Dukes. Just another one. And, right? the, and the fact and that I kept calling it the Eagle's Nest, which is like a Nazi. <laughs> yeah, the Grand Wizard at the Eagle's I just, Nest. I just wanted to apologize, to everybody. It was the Boar's Nest. <laughs> Way to apologize 30 episodes later. <laughs> no, I, just, hey. I remember Aaron mentioning that to me the other day. I was like, no. And he's like, yeah. I was like, oh, my God. Can I like uh, quadruple apologize for uh, saying that China was owned by Great Britain back in the Invasion USA episode? <laughs> Please. <laughs> Still feel We're dumb. not experts here, folks. <laughs> I, I totally knew it was Hong Kong, but I just like, you know, when you talk for four hours, yeah. it just comes out stupid. So, All right. Uh, no edits. Where are we at here? Please off. Uh, is that is that quiz already? Yeah, we're there. Hold on. Yeah, we're there. Let's do this. Schlocker not protocol requires a quiz off. May the best human moron win. All right, you go. What is KIT an acronym for? Oh shit, that's one of mine too. Okay, uh, KIT is an acronym for Night Industries Two Thousand. Correct, Amundo, okay, sir. Good. I have some subs, so that's good. Uh, all right. Here's here. Okay, here's a sub. Is the official name of the show Knight Rider or The Knight Rider? Knight Rider. You're right, yeah. For a second, I, I put the in my notes, and I had to go check myself, so it is it's just Knight Rider. Rider. Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay, if you could have any film or TV car, what would it be? Are we talking, can I pick, like, the Back to the Future, like, DeLorean sure. that, any that, that film really or TV goes car Back to the ever. Future? Like, does it have those powers as well, or no? Like, does Kit really talk to me and do shit? No, not okay. at all. So you just mean aesthetically, which car? Yeah. Are we talking just 80s or any, any 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 film or TV? Listen to the question. Film or TV? Any film or TV car? Vehicle, I should say. Give me yours. Let me think on that. I want to get either the Dragula, yeah, or the Giga Horse from Fury Road. Yeah, that's good too. The dude. Giga Horse is the car that has like two two bodies attached to it and lifted the huge tires and yeah. shit. I think uh, Furiosa, not Furiosa, Imperator. What's his name? God, it's going to drive me crazy. Uh, Immortan Joe. Immortan Joe, yeah. yes. Sorry. God, those are good that was man. his car, I believe. Anyway, if it's not, it's just a super badass car, the Giga Horse. Dude, that's a really tough one for me because I, I, like, the first thing that popped in my head was the Fall Guys truck. Um, I could see you in that, believe it or not. Yeah, but that was also just because I was thinking in the 80s, this genre, when you said it, you know? Like, you brought right. in that scope so big that now I got to think through. Like a million movies. What about like John Wick's cool. car? That thing's awesome. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Uh, the car from the Wraith. The, the awesome. Ta- the Tango and Cash truck. Yep. Uh, I don't know. I'm a Jeep and truck. Lone type Wolf McQuaid's Lone Wolf McQuaid's truck. Yeah. I'll stick with Fall Guy truck for now. I'm sure there's better, but that's the first one that popped in my head, so that's what I'm going to go with. Oh, you know what? I really like the Smoking the Bandit car. I've always loved that car. Yeah, dude. The Trans Am. Yeah. I mean, I, I could Big probably actually on get it one, shit. but yeah, that exact. Hey, we should do like a Cannonball Run or Smoking the Bandit or one of those. One of We're going to have to get out of the 80s at some point. Yeah, you're right. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, let's take it back to Clash of the Titans, dude. Let's do some of that, man. 70s, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, all right. cool. All right. all right, I'll stick with the Fall Guy truck, though. All right. Okay, um, so since you asked me what Kit stands for, what did Carr stand for, his evil doppelganger? That sucks, dude. Yeah? No idea. Uh, that's Night Automated Roving Robot Car. Kit and Oh, uh, that's a good one. Yeah. Yep. I wasn't going to ask that. I just had that as trivia, but since you stole the other one. Okay, I'm sorry. It's okay. Go. All right. Uh, who is cooler, Hasselhoff or Fonzie? Uh, I'm going to go Hasselhoff on that. What do you think? Fonzie. Really? You're a Fonz guy? Absolutely. Like that, that greaser type? Fonzie, really, man. Hey. I don't know. I like them roundhouse kicks really, really, they do it for yeah, me. But yeah. I know Fonzie got in some fisticuffs. I'm going to stick with Hasselhoff, dude. Okay. It's your your choice, man. I'm not trying to persuade you one way or the other. Okay. That was a, almost a would you rather, though, too. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Do you know that Michael Knight had a middle name? Uh, Andrew. Close, dude. Did you just guess Anthony. that? Anthony. Nope. Close. Yes. Close. What? It's Arthur. Oh, Arthur Knight, like Arthur uh, and the Knights Arthur of the Round King Table. The, King Arthur and the Knights, right? That was a little known trivia that I found when digging up stuff. Yep, yeah. I do remember reading that. Good so. All right, uh, is that it? Yep. Okay, give me a would you rather. Would you rather see your own future or the future of your children? Uh, Doc, you're going to have to do that one more time. I had the Skype issue again. All right, so you want to cut that out? No, no, it's cool. Okay, let's just go. Would you rather see your own future or the future of your children? I, I think I'd go with my own. I, I might ruin their lives if I saw their future trying to like direct them the right path. Um, and I wouldn't want to do that to them. So I'd probably just ruin my own by knowing my own. Mm, I would think my children. I'd like to see so? what, what they're up to when I'm gone. You know you what I'm saying? You don't think that if you saw them getting into something bad, you'd try to like steer them the wrong well, way? Then you could push them change it? that because it's their future. So if you could change it, why wouldn't you? But I'd worry that by pushing them that way, it would actually make them go that way right like it would backfire like if i didn't meddle maybe it wouldn't have happened type thing right no but you're seeing the future so it does happen by you not meddling hmm. so when you see their future you can change it yeah but what if it was bad you don't think that would like ruin your your whole that's life? what i'm saying if you go to the future you see that they're fucking schmucks then you can go back and try and change them not to be schmuck uh, but what if you go to the future and find out like three years from now there's like terminal illness and then you're like screws you and them for i'm the talking life. about Way into the future, not three years ahead. That's not really the future. Who wants to see three years ahead in the future? What a waste. What's if that's all the future they have? Oh, my God. See? That could ruin it, right? I guess. Tough question, dude. Good question, that's though, a actually. That's a terrible. Good that's terribly uh, morbid. <laughs> well, hey, man. I'm looking at it from all angles, bro. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I want my kids to live forever. <laughs> all right. Mine's, mine's more fun. Let's transfer to mine. Okay, good. Would you rather have been an extra on the Dukes, the A-Team, Knight Rider, or Airwolf? A-Team. A-Team, really? Yeah, that scene where they're all out in front of the uh, old western town. That would be fun. I would I'd think Dukes all the way be a, a country yokel. Well, aren't there country yokels in the A team too? Oh yeah, there's tons of them. But you know what I'd there be? Are, at- I mean, <laughs> like a bar a bar patron in Boy George's or Cowboy George's yeah. show. If I was an extra on the A team, I'm sure I'd be like one of the um fake Mexican banditos that's like a white guy that they make <laughs> to look like a Mexican on the border you were, town. You were um RC3 stunt dub? <laughs> yeah, dude, that's me. <laughs> All right, that's good. Uh, All right, schlock or not? I'm going to say 10-year-old me says not, but present-day me says absolute schlock, so that's what I'm going to stick to. Yeah, I I agree, dude. It's 80s TV schlock. Um, Again, that's not necessarily a derogative every time we use it. That could be a positive, right? We've had seen good schlock movies. Uh, This is 80s schlock, though. Absolutely. Let's say 80s schlock in the best possible way. Yeah, sure. Loving schlock. Yep. All right, you got a Doc Flick pick. 
Um, I actually kind of have two because I was going to say The Wraith. Uh, I had never watched that movie so, for some reason. People were talking about it on Twitter and stuff. So I actually checked it out. And uh, Aaron apparently had told me about it a long time ago. We talk a lot of movies on our text string. So I, I'd slipped through the cracks on me. But man, what a great movie, man. I have it on my list. Looking forward Got to it. Got an excellent soundtrack, great cast. It's, uh, it's about an incarnated guy in a badass car seeking revenge. What else could you ask for? And also, can I throw in a bonus flick picture? Please, yeah. Hook it up. Baby Driver. Yes, they're both on my list. Explain okay, it, though. Baby, Explain it to them. Baby Driver is directed by Edgar Wright, who did Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, um, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. And it's a marvel in editing and soundtrack manipulation, man. It's terrific. I'm really Great chase to scenes. Um, even the gunshots are in, in tempo in, with the, the soundtrack. It's just a really neat experiment in a, a different type of way of telling a story. Good ones, man. Those are both on my list, top on my list. Cool, man. Okay, for me, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to recommend a podcast episode. Um, okay. And this is a very family-friendly podcast. I've mentioned it on the show before. It's called Stuff You Should Know. Uh, it's my favorite podcast, and it's what the first podcast I ever listened to. Um, they did one recently, and I listened to it while I was in the hospital with the baby. Uh, they did one on, so it's Stuff You Should Know from July 6th, 2017. July 6th, 2017. They did one called Horror Movies That Changed the Genre. And this is not two guys' opinion of what horror movies change the genre. This is actually fact. This is the first time this show was shown on screen. This is the first movie that cracked this box office record. Um, th- these guys do an excellent job of, of many different subjects, family-friendly, non-explicit. Um, and I, I learned a lot, and some of the info that I, uh, from that I'm going to bring to our show because I, most people know that like Doc is a um, like the Stephen Hawking of, of horror movies. No, right? like, oh no. No, no, wait, Rain Man. You're the Rain Man of, oh. of horror Definitely, I really enjoy definitely Michael Myers. Definitely Michael Myers. Definitely not Jason. Definitely Michael Myers. That's you, dude. You're the Rain Man of no, horror movies. I'm a big fan. Yeah, and I'm not. I, I am a fan, but I don't have that that knowledge. So I was doing this more kind of like research, so I'd have something to bring. And I learned a lot. It was really good. And they actually talked about some of the shows we've done. Blood Feast was one of them. The second one on their list for gratuitous violence in a movie and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Godfather Gore, man. Yeah, it was, it was an excellent show. I learned a lot, and they talked about some of the same stuff we talked about. So uh, if, if you like the stuff we talk about, give them a listen. They're, it's a great show. Cool. Just make sure you come back, though. Yeah, yeah. Then you'll be like, oh, that's what a good podcast sounds like. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. um, cool. Next up, we're going to do one, I believe this is for Aaron for his birthday, correct? It's a birthday request from Aaron, a good friend of ours over at Ghost Tattoo. That's right. It's, we're going to do Cherry 2000. It's 1987 with Melanie Griffith and Lawrence Fishburne. Uh, you can find it on Vudu for free. Uh, 2B TV has it for free. And I saw it all over the place. It's on YouTube and I've never seen it or whatever. I have seen it, but I don't remember a lot about it. I'm really looking forward to rewatching it. Um, and, and I should make it clear, too, that uh, Aaron makes like 99% of those memes that we post on Facebook and Twitter. That's not me and Doc. Like, nope. that's Aaron. He does that. Um, he's the owner of Ghost Tattoo here in Vegas. You can follow him at Ghost underscore Tattoo on Instagram. Um, if you like those photos, and I think people do because we get a ton of hits on them, um, that's all him. That's, that's not us, man. He does them all for us. I really appreciate the, the work he puts in on that. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Good, great friend of the show and great friend in general. Yes. And a good tattoo artist if you want a good, clean, nice-looking okay. tattoo. Um, and if I could do a couple before you do yours, Doc. Um, Jesse D. on Facebook said some nice, nice things about the Blood In, Blood Out episode. Um, man, who else? There was another guy. Clayton. Clayton chimed in up there again on uh, Facebook. Oh, cool. So I, I wanted to say thanks to both of those guys. And Jesse Thank D. Is, apparently he's a big fan of Knight Rider, so um, I'm hoping he likes the episode. Me too. Thanks, guys. Yep. You got anybody you up for uh, Twitter or anything? I want to thank all the Schlockernauts, our awesome Patreon supporters and Twitter friends. 
at Phil Jackpan, at Jay Lumps, and at the POH Podcast. You ever heard of that one, Steve? It's the Pursuit of Hoppiness. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I do know. It's the new yes. podcast in pre-production featuring the aforementioned at Jay Lumps and that one kid, Ryan, our buddy. Thank you That's very right, much. Dude. Good yeah. luck. Uh, both great friends of the show. Good luck. Hopefully we'll do some crossover stuff with them one day. Um, I'll get drunk on their show and talk about movies and They'll get drunk on our show and talk about movies over here. Yeah, that's I can't wait to hear what they got to what they have to say. It should be great. Yep. Make sure you follow them. Good folks. Yep. Uh, okay. If you want to contact us, you can get us at schlockernot at gmail.com. You can visit the website, steve52.com. Uh, that's for our Facebook, Twitter links, the t-shirts. Uh, and the best way to support us is to become a Patreon. Uh, you can do that for as little as $1 a month. Uh, Patreon.com slash steve52 or just go to the website. Um I'd, I'd like to have a goal of like one new Patreon a month. That would be awesome. Like, Absolutely, man. That would be great. That would help us build the show. All that money goes stri- directly to the show. We don't take any of it. It's just to keep in, maybe fix the Skype problem, you know, something like that. Keep the production <laughs> value high. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll have it fixed by next show. But um, Schlockline 209 Steve 52. And I think that's it, man. That's it. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank yeah. you, Steve, for doing this every week with me. Thanks, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. See ya. Well, it looks like this boob tube thing went over slicker than snot on a goat's glass eye. Stay tuned to see how these schlockernaut boys handle the next pickle. <laughs> Frickin' pickle handlers. Lick, lick, lick my balls! This is a mess.